today we are here with Amanda. Hello. <laughs> and Stephen. Y'all, I am so excited. Amanda describes herself, rightfully so, might I say, as someone who is choosing kindness over hate every day. And look, there's never a bad time to be talking to someone who's choosing kindness over hate. But during all the social distancing and pandemicking and, you know, global fear and all that good stuff, I think it's just an absolutely lovely time to have a great conversation with Amanda. So welcome to the pod. Thank you. It's my very first one. <laughs> Mine too. Oh, was that no. your twin brother and all the other ones? I thought it was a different guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the question is, which one is evil, Stephen? Yeah. Why does do one they... have to be? Why does one have to be evil? Why can't they both just be normal? Do they both wear khakis? <laughs> I haven't worn khakis in like. Two months, I guess. So this is actually like muggle and gym shorts. Yeah, because I packed up all the khakis for Connecticut, but I am hanging out in South Carolina for the foreseeable future, thanks to the whole pandemic thing. So I am khakiless right now. Oh my god! (laughs) Identity crisis going on. Seriously, I don't even know who I'm talking to anymore. (laughs) Like y'all are concerned about COVID, I'm concerned about getting my khakis back. Are we oh. sure you're still a Hufflepuff? Look, I'm not sure of anything at this point. I'm sure that I had some chicken for dinner about 20 minutes ago, and that's really about it. Yeah. Oh, I had chicken too. Ooh, what'd you have on yours? Sesame chicken. So I had <laughs> prepared by the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> I had mine. Um, you just put it in a Pyrex, and you just kind of you score it, and then you put Italian dressing, uh, you know, all up in it, and just let it roast in the oven for a while that's good so good solid chicken choice all around some solid chicken choices here (laughs) so to start out miss manda if you could please tell us certain biographical information such as your house your patronus and your favorite harry potter character and i know there's one more that dana's going to add on but i forget social media Social media. Social media. Okay. <laughs> well, my social media is magic under the stairs. I'm just primarily on Instagram and there's some Twitter, but that's where I'm not as happy. <laughs> uh, I'm in Ravenclaw. My Patronus is a moon calf, which trying to find that image to add into any of your edits online is also impossible. So yeah, it's can online. Be- can we define to whatever extent we can what a moon calf is? Because I, I mean, calf I understand, but the moon part confuses me. They have very big eyes and they stare into the moon. I don't know what they're doing staring at the moon, but they were in Fantastic Beasts and they're adorable and kind of awkward. And I feel like that's me. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're like the American cousin of the centaurs, and they're like instead of like Mars's bright side, they're like, huh moon and like that's you know that's as deep as they get <laughs> right they just stare at it that's all they do yeah. it's primarily me when i'm off so just staring off into space <laughs> i know my fantastic beast illustrated edition with the animal descriptions is somewhere in this space but i <laughs> can't quite see it i can see moment. it from my spot on my bed and it's just clear across the room <laughs> yeah, it's- like, 
somewhere in here. You know, it's fine. I've got a phone. I can always look up <laughs> what exactly the function of a moon calf is. <laughs> See here. They're cute. It's a unique, it's a unique Patronus. Here. Oh. Moon calf is a monstrous birth, the aborted fetus of a cow or other farm animal. What? Oh, this just got accidentally political. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> Apparently, they also refer to it as a human fetus sometimes. Oh. Okay. I don't know what they do. <laughs> They're a shy nocturnal creature. There you go. Me. <laughs> all right. So, Danny, when you edit all of that, when I say what, to whatever extent we can define what a moon calf is, all you have to edit to is... <laughs> A shy nocturnal creature, and then we'll just move yes. straight <laughs> on. Yeah. We all learned something today, though. We did. I don't know if we necessarily wanted to know that. I don't either. It also apparently means a foolish person. So, <laughs> wow, something so cute has so many dark, dark meanings. <laughs> all right. So, to start off, let's find out about your Harry Potter origin story how you found the books, and how you joined the Potter community. Okay. When I originally read the first book, I was in fourth grade. Um, and I remember checking out from my school library, realizing that I didn't really like it. <laughs> Initially, I'm like, this looks too long. I don't want to read it. And then my grandparents took me to see the first movie. So right after that, I knew <laughs> I was hooked from that point on. I went back. I checked out the book again aced all the Harry Potter book quizzes that you had to take in school where you got free pizzas if you got enough of them. Nailed it. <laughs> um, and I've basically just been, like most of my travels since I was turned about 18, has been Harry Potter related. I won tickets to the red carpet premiere of the last Harry Potter movie in New York. Um, <laughs> so I found it a week before that happened and had to then travel, scramble around, find hotel and everything. And I've gone to like park openings at Universal, things like that. And then I think it was about a year ago, I ended up joining the Instagram community. And it was because I was, I was friends with Karina and she kind of introduced me to that whole world and everything like that. So I'm like, well, this looks like fun. I have a fun creative outlet. And here I am. I have joined. <laughs> I'm just slowly progressing through it. <laughs> well, so I'm curious, you know, you said, I'll paraphrase a little here, but you know, it took a little bit of convincing to get into the Harry Potter book series originally. Mm -hmm. You know, back during that time, you know, late elementary school, middle school, kind of that, you know, that that fun period. Were you a big reader? Like, what else? If you were, what else were you reading? Right? Like, or was Harry Potter kind of just a complete anomaly? Now, I was a big reader. Obviously, I'm a Ravenclaw, so book, books are my jam. Um, I was reading like the Aragon series back there. Lots of fantasy. I was burning through like the Goosebumps books anything like that, basically long series, totally down for. Um, so when I didn't want to read the Harry Potter book, it was kind of weird. But, you know, it just took me a little longer to get in there. So <laughs> so if you can put yourself kind of in the mindset of, you know, younger Amanda going through the series for the first time, mm -hmm. what – did the Harry Potter series mean to you? Like, what were some of the big things you took away from it as you went through both the books and the movies? And and compare or contrast that with maybe how you feel about it now, if there is a difference. 
when I was younger, especially, um, we moved between elementary school and middle school. Um, so I basically left all my friends behind. I was a brand new school, hated everything. I was very much hit my emo phase, very hard in middle school. Um, so basically the Harry Potter books became my escape. I would pick those up, reread the series over and over. It's kind of as they came out. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things where that's what got me through a lot of the time. That and blasting Lincoln Park, also another <laughs> big thing that got me pushed through there. Um, and now it's just kind of my creative outlet. It's my reason to travel. Um, I go to a lot of like conventions. Whenever I go up to New York, it's usually for either Cursed Child or Harry Potter actors up there. Um, but yeah, it's just it's kind of become more of like a family-based friend community for me now than it was like a faith space. Yeah. I had a middle school girlfriend who really got me into Tokyo hotel. Mm -hmm. uh, girlfriend, girlfriend is a strong word. I think we basically like made out in empty school stairwells like three or four times. And that was really it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tokyo hotel, I had that band, the lead singer. And I don't entirely remember as like the background on my, on my razor flip phone for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, I never feel old on this podcast, thanks to Danny's presence, but I felt very old saying that. Hey, that's okay. He's married to Heidi Klum now. Think about how she feels. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, the lead singer of Tokyo Hotel. He's married to Heidi Klum. All right. Well, that's some trivia I did not know that I needed to know, but <laughs> you are here welcome. we are. <laughs> you can't be the only one feeling old right now. <laughs> Danny, I'm going to do some reading up on this if you want to continue the episode here. <laughs> Love your priorities. <laughs> well, he looks while, very normal now. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. While he tunes out, let's talk about how you started with cosplay. Okay, so initially I got into cosplay because of Doctor Who. That was my first fandom. And for the longest time, I'm sitting there going, like, why don't I have a Harry Potter cosplay? So that's my primary focus on all of my fandom life. Um, but no, it was Amy Pond from Doctor Who that got me into it. And I remember I went to Megacon for the first time dressed as kind of like bootleg Amy Pond. It was from the, oh God, what is the episode called? It's the one with the pirate. Okay. But I, came, I was rocking a pirate hat. I had a sword, everything. And I got my picture taken with the Weasley twins. So the only photo I have with them <laughs> is me dressed as Amy Pond trying to look intimidating with a sword. <laughs> Found out I cannot look intimidating. It's not a look <laughs> that has ever worked for me. Um, and then I eventually, like, with Lavender, I got into that just based off back when I went to LukeCon Chicago in 2012. I had so many people going, like, oh, my God, you look like Jesse Cave. I'm like, okay. At the time, I was a little thinner. I, I can see that now. Um, and I was even at one of the movie premieres in my town, and a girl was like, she kept staring at me at the movie theater. And I'm like, what is she doing? She's like, oh, I thought you were Lavender. I'm like, why would Jesse Cave be in a movie theater in the middle of Florida? <laughs> Counterpoint, why <laughs> wouldn't she? I don't know, you know, just popping into theaters. Like um, class, a classic Xeno Lovegood, like <laughs> prove to me all this is real, well prove to me it's not. Exactly. And I'm like, sure, I'm like, if you want me to put on a fake British accent, <laughs> I'll be her so you can tell people. Uh, but yeah, I ended up cosplaying Queenie before I cosplayed Lavender. And I don't know, it just took forever to find the right wig. Because wig shopping is awful. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I as soon as I that. found that massive curly-haired wig, which I need to buy a new one because it's turning into dreadlocks now. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
but yeah, so I just, I love playing the craziness. It's kind of fun because it's so far from my normal or thing. Like I'm the least clean person ever. And I'm just like, it's just, you know, good to go find Ron Weasley's and latch onto them for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> or speaking of <laughs> content is, is crucial. Good, yes. good call. Uh, this is a, this is a pro content podcast. Uh, but in addition to latching on to Ron Weasley's speaking of celebrities, I also have seen that you latched on to a certain daddy, Chris Rankin. <laughs> I did, you know, this was after the breakup with Ron. I, you know, I had to find a new Weasley, I had to get into the family somehow. <laughs> and look, let me say again, I completely, I say again, I was recording a podcast earlier with some friends of mine and I talked about a somewhat related topic. So it's really not again for the context of this conversation, but in my mind it is anywho. I'm very comfortable with my sexuality, but let me say, Chris Rankin could get it. Daddy Weasley, like, he did not play Arthur, but he is Daddy Weasley through and through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he says he's the least favorite Weasley, but let's be real. He's moving up that list. He's moving up real. I, I am all about his thick cultured bottom. <laughs> I feel like this is a good time to talk about, like, my claim to fame today has been the thirst tweet for Daniel Radcliffe. Have you guys seen that video yet? Do you tell. Seen the video. Yeah, the very first tweet that he reads. <laughs> yep, that's mine. <laughs> I sent you the oh. video. It's in your text messages. Oh, no, I've seen the video. I didn't realize. I didn't realize oh, it was goodness. yours. Yeah. Wow. Uh, a friend of mine sent me the link on Twitter. I'm like, oh, I'll watch it after work. That looks funny. And she's like, well, no, you should probably watch it now. I'm like, why? She's like, well, you're the first tweet on there. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Here we go. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, thankfully it's the tamest one, I think, that's in that group. So, because this tweet was from 2016. So, oh, damn. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was recent. No, it's from 2016. No, it was from 2016. I think I was rewatching Deathly Hollows Part 2, the only scene I can remember seeing Daniel Radcliffe with his shirt off. So, and, and you know why he looked so good in that scene? How come? Because he was also getting ready to do Equus at the same time. Oh, that's right. So he's getting ready to be naked on stage a lot. Mm-hmm. So Ron Ooh. was all beefy because Ron didn't have anything going on in his life. Rupert, <laughs> sorry, not Ron. Yeah. Uh, but Daniel was all naked horse and all that for Equus. Yep. So. Got to impress those girls in the front row. Needless <laughs> to you know, he's impressing the girl on the internet. Yeah. So oh, Danny, God. my contributions to the podcast... <laughs> did not oh. see that 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 story coming there <laughs> like i love that that was that one of those tweets is yours yeah and i'm just like oh god and then i was just like watching it with secondhand embarrassment i'm like well at least i made him and his girlfriend laugh so we're good and it could have been worse <laughs> it, yeah it could have been a lot worse i actually had sent that to steven to share my feelings about the word daddy <laughs> <laughs> Because Stephen likes using that word a lot. It's not my that favorite. I... No, go ahead. Go ahead. My favorite was the one that wanted to wear Danny Radcliffe like a jetpack. That one was the best one. <laughs> and I'm kind of glad it wasn't mine. <laughs> oh. All right. Stephen, would you like to get us back on track? <laughs> sure. So... I want to uh, continue kind of along this this thread of cosplay, not the thread of wearing Daniel Radcliffe like a jetpack. 
Next cosplay. I'm ready. <laughs> one, oh my god. One of one of the things that Danny and I discussed, and I don't know how Danny plans on releasing these episodes in terms of in terms of order here, but on the episode that either you have already heard or you will hear soon with the Greg who lived, we talked a fair bit about attending cons and and not, I don't want to say pressure, but kind of what goes along with attending cons when you're in cosplay. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if you could just talk through your experience going to to Leaky or to any of the cons that you that you've done, Mega, whatever, and you know wearing cosplay and. I get, I, I, let me to slightly rephrase, right? Going into a con where you know you're going to cosplay, what for you, if you're sitting there at the end of the week on Sunday night, like what would make you look back and say, okay, this was a good con. I was happy with how this went. Um, primarily if people recognize who I'm dressed up as. Because <laughs> I've been to cons non-Potter related. Most of the time, you go to a Potter con, they realize who you're dressed up as. Most of us are all nerds. Um, but I've gone to like bigger cons, like Megacon, wearing costumes that people are like, Oh, it's Belle, or oh, she's dressed as the TARDIS. I was Lizzie Bennett from the um, Prime Presence of Zombies, but I was walking around with my friend that was dressed as Cinderella. So I had lots of little kids ask for my picture as I'm wearing daggers in my boots, <laughs> and the dad's realizing, oh, honey, I don't think she's a princess, but <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, going to cons in cosplay versus out of them is a whole different experience. I've attended many Lee cons where I just went in normal muggle clothes, things like that. And you kind of get to and relax a little bit more. I attend more panels when I'm out of cosplay. Um, LeakyCon Boston, I primarily stayed in the vendor room because that's where most of the cosplayers ended up kind of congregating and I ended up getting in group pictures with a lot of them. And that's where I stayed for several hours. <laughs> Probably why I spent so much money. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I think there's a, a fascinating... As someone who doesn't cosplay, right? Like I, I, but having been around at, at conventions like Brandy and Chelsea and Katie, and mm-hmm. to a lesser extent because she's newer to it and hers weren't as elaborate. That's no shot, just an honest assessment. Like Lex, right? Like I feel like part of it's like, yeah, you want to take pictures and you want to be recognized because obviously you put tons of effort and time and love into these things. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I have to imagine there's like a stress factor that comes in because like. Oh, I just want to go to the damn bathroom and like 13 people's asking for my photo or, Oh, like I have this meetup at two and then this one at three and this one at four. And I just, mm-hmm. to me, it feels like, yes, there's a level of happiness involved and I'm not trying to dilute that, but there has to be a certain level of stress that comes with it. You go home very exhausted. <laughs> and the whole, if you've ever seen the videos of cosplayers stripping out of their cosplay at the end of the day, where they like rip everything off and just like scream, it's pretty much a reenactment in the hotel room. <laughs> But it's one of those things where, especially when I go to Leaking I was volunteering. I was doing all these other meetups. So trying to pull on your volunteer shirt over a wig, also not advisable. Especially Lavender's wig. Doesn't go well. <laughs> so yeah, so it's fun. But also, like, every once in a while, I kind of miss going to cons where I just wore regular clothes. <laughs> but I do like attention. So <laughs> also good. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I saw you because we were at Boston and I can't remember if I saw you there. Probably in passing. I know I ran into you at Uncelebration. Yes. Yes. I know we definitely saw each other there. I feel like that was our first official meeting. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was definitely our first official meeting. 
Yeah, because I think primarily, like I said, like I was just in the vendor room, either buying pins or like going along with um, Arthur and Molly Weasley on yeah. Instagram. Yes, yes, I basically just let them adopt me and <laughs> wandered around with them for the most part for all of Sunday. <laughs> nice. What, what I remember, what I remember about Uncelebration particularly strongly is I like many, I have to imagine quite literally thousands of people online, like know you pretty strongly as Lavender, right? Like you are Lav Lav. And then I remember I <laughs> saw you the next day in your Cornish pixie outfit. And I swear to God, I did not recognize you. I was like, Who oh yeah. That? Like she's talking to me. Like she knows me. And I forget if it was Brandy or Danny or whoever it was. I, was like, I wasn't there. Oh, I know, but you were there at some point. No, so I know. But in this situation, I wasn't there. Cause I didn't see her as a Cornish pixie. <laughs> It's like not I, it. I said to someone, I was like, "Who is that?" I'm like, no, that that's Amanda. That's lavender. It's like, oh, yeah. and that was yeah, that was a big moment for me. Anywho. It's it's so funny though because stuff like Katie, who I've known for a while, came up behind me mm-hmm. in her Tonks wig, and I literally had a few moments where I'm like, "Oh my god, that's Katie!" Like, did not realize it was her, yeah. and she, she was like talking to me, and I was like. And she's wearing, like, half my clothes because I gave her part of her costume. But I hadn't, like, paid attention enough. And I'm like, who is this? I was like, oh, my God, it's Katie. <laughs> I, like, Lee, I wore a different wig all three days I was there. Mm-hmm. No one knew who I was any given day. I'm just like, hey, guys. Even online, people are like, how do you get your curls so nice? I'm like, I bought a wig. <laughs> Not my real hair. <laughs> yeah. Wigs can be so helpful. Most people don't know what I look like without a wig. So it's fun. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have guessed. Because your wig is really good. Thank you. Amazon, 30 bucks. Oh, nice. (laughs) But no, I definitely, like, in my head, associate you you with lavender. So, since you do cosplay her a lot, do you like the character of lavender? I don't think I would be friends with her. (laughs) <laughs> in the wizarding world um she's i mean you gotta give it to her she's very tenacious she knows what she wants and goes for it but i think i'd be sitting on the other side of the common room from her <laughs> on any given moment i'm definitely team ron and hermione in real life versus you know sorry lavender but throwing you under the bus on that one <laughs> do you think lavender is still alive or did the movies do her right and she's just dead and gone? I feel like based off the fact that Joe still has not admitted that she's actually died like she has everyone else, I'd like to think she's still out there, probably dealing with a full moon situation once a month. But, you know, maybe she's calmed down a little bit. <laughs> so if La- if you would not be hanging out with lavender who would you we usually save this for our questions but it kind of came up so i'm going to go with it <laughs> who would you hang out with from uh, hogwarts but it can be like any generation you don't have to just look at like the students so any generation um i'd like to say i'd probably be hanging out a lot with like bill weasley back in his time period things like that of the weasley siblings he seems kind of the most chill and kind of similar, like, personality type. Um, I think I'd probably would be hanging out with Luna, to be honest. She seems really cool. A little weird, but I feel like that sums up 
most of my friends anyhow. <laughs> a little weird and quirky. But yeah, I think Bill and Luna, if I went to Hogwarts and was held back quite a few years, I'd hang out with both of them equally. <laughs> <laughs> so if we can transition here, I want to talk about your social media. And I know I opened by, you know, by mentioning one of the things in your profile, which is, you know, choosing kindness over hate every day. But you also, you know, I did my research, which may surprise most of our listeners, but I did some research before coming in here and you said something a while back on your, on one of your posts. I just want to read it because I think it's a really moving, really powerful uh, sentiment. I just, I, yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to read it now. Reading Time with Muggle and Khakis, brought to you by PBS for viewers like you. Social media can be a double-edged sword. It can allow you to connect with magical friends all over the world, but can also make you feel like you're constantly on the outside looking in. Side note, editor's note, great Dear Evan Hansen reference, back into the reading. I had a rough day this past weekend that had me feeling pretty down about myself and my presence in this online community. It's so easy to get sucked into a downward spiral when you're seeing folks meeting up and you're stuck at home. Find your good vibes. And so I think, I think that's a really moving passage for a lot of reasons. I mean, I think the sentiment alone stands for itself, but I think like so many people on social media, I think there's a, there's an impetus that exists to try to put your best foot forward at all times. Right. And to put that shine on everything. And what I really love about, about your presence on Instagram is good, bad, happy, not so happy. Otherwise, you are always very open and real. Like every, every post, like I swear to you, I, I went through a lot of your posts these past couple of days. Um, I, I just, I mean, yeah, stalker. I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just, I just really appreciate it. I'm curious, you know, why, like, why, why do you do that? Like, why is, like, why do you choose to share yourself, you know, with the world the way you do? Well, for one thing, like I have, I suffer from anxiety, so I get a lot of that, and a lot of it based out of travel, which is unfortunate because that's one of the things I love to do. And one of the things, like I've noticed a lot, if I go online, everyone seems happy. They're like posting pictures of their significant others, their kids, their families, all their friends, and I like to just kind of show that you know all of us have crap days. Yesterday, even I was getting ready to take pictures or anything like that, and one thing I write online just erased all the motivation I wanted to do. I basically just curled up in the bed with my Animal Crossing game, got a good solid cry in for 30 minutes and just got back up and did lots of this or that on my Instagram stories, as you anyone would have seen from yesterday. So sorry for that. <laughs> um, and it's just one of those things where I just like to make sure other people know that not everyone is living like a charmed exciting life with all the sponsorship deals and everything like that. I just, I like to kind of keep it a little more real because I, I can't fake be happy all the time. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I am not going to be happy on social media until I finally get that sponsorship from Brooks brothers. Um, because <laughs> look, I wear y'all's khaki shorts in all my content. I rock them at cons, wear them on the weekend, just casually doing some yard work, whatever. I am a Brooks Brothers fiend, and look, I'm not saying that I need this sponsorship to really feel validated, but it would go a long way, Brooks Brothers. So uh, to the marketing manager that's sitting at home right now on their work from home situation, wherever you might be, 
just, uh, you know, slide into the DMs of Muggle and Khakis and let's talk. Let's go to hashtag. Let's get this happening. My goodness. I'm Team Muggle and Khakis for Brooks. <laughs> if I get nothing else out of this podcast and this whole Harry Potter Instagram community experience, <laughs> being able to be sponsored by Brooks Brothers, it's just, oh my goodness. That would... I, look, I, I don't even have the right words. So let's just, Danny, you take the thoughts away from here. <laughs> Can you imagine that um, unboxing video, though? Just, oh, look, we've got another pair of khakis. Oh, look, oh. these ones are blue. Oh, this is a nice caramel color. <laughs> well, look, you can get different colors. You get different inseams. You get different fabric or whatever the term is for the, you know, whatever, because some are cotton blend, some are nylon blend. Like, there's all these different, you know, you got different things going on. Um, khakis for all the seasons. So look, there is a khaki for every occasion. It's going to be your tagline as soon as you get the sponsorship. Yep. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> With trying to be real on social media, especially because it is definitely a double-edged sword, how the, does what people say like affect what content you put out? Or, like, we talked to Greg about this, too, and, like, with the trends that happen, do you adapt your content or you just really try to be true to yourself and what you have cultivated and created? I like to stick to kind of like what I was already kind of rolling with. Obviously a lot of like when trends happen, if they look fun, I like to join in, try to like make it my own. Um, I'm actually planning on doing a zoom gathering next weekend. Um, so I haven't actually made the announcement. I took pictures for it, but I wanted to do like a tea with lavender, kind of like a little afternoon tea just for anyone that wants to join in. I was going to like post a little zoom link and be like, Hey, come in, dress as cosplay or not. Just bring some tea and some sandwiches and just have like a little meetup, that sort of thing. But I started talking about that in a live that I was doing with a friend of mine. So, and my friend Amanda also backed it up. So starry eyed one. She was like, yes, we need to do tea with lavender. I'm like, we're going to do tea with lavender. It just took me like an extra two weeks to get it together, but I've been working. <laughs> I'll get there. Might I, might I add that tea with lavender is also a great name for a podcast where you just talk about gossip for a solid hour. <laughs> just hot gossip. All of it. I think it, I, I think it is perfect. <laughs> it's like all the celebrity news just with lavender <laughs> it, it seems on brand for lavender yeah that's it <laughs> so we've talked about traveling and conventions and and why that's important to you and what that means to you we talked about cosplay we talked a little bit about the theme parks i want to talk about pins because pins are another thing that i know you love and you're passionate about so i started the genesis i guess of you know what made you start collecting them, you know, thinking about them, like what you love about them, maybe some of your favorites, you know, that, that whole thing. Well, I'm kicking myself for not starting pin collecting sooner because I've realized how many pins I missed out on just by joining several groups, um, which probably doesn't help my spending habits at all. But I ended up starting my collection primarily because I won a couple of giveaways on Instagram. There was a little stint there where I won, I think, two or three 
people I think were starting to think I was paying people off to win them. Um, but there was one I won, I think, 28 pins from multiple different pin creators. And so that started the obsession. Now I have four shadow boxes full of them. And this quarantine has me buying more of them. Because <laughs> I have a hard day at work and I end up going online and buying pins. So many pins. Um, but a few of my like favorites, um, Mad Unicorn Designs. She makes amazing pins. I'm part of her Patreon. I gladly send money to her every month to get new pins. There are Laser Brain Patch Company, also another favorite of mine. I just got some pins. I think I bought seven or eight of them from um, Kawaii Pin. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that's their name, but they make adorable things. And I'm having a huge second sale right now, so... Yeah, I bought a lot of them. <laughs> but yeah, so I like enjoy getting little tiny envelopes in the mail full of little things to collect. It's become my new Funko Pop collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have in front of me, I, I got these two pins from a Kickstarter from Pins and Pretty Things. Um, they're, she's doing a whole series of them, and I only got two, but uh, Yule Ball outfits and all the like. Um, and so for the listeners who can't see my screen... Cause I know there are thousands of you who are not on this recording right now. Um, I have the Hermione dress and I have the uh, Vic of the Dick Crumb uh, Dermstrang outfit. Uh, those are so cute. <laughs> so I love those. But the other thing is the other, and I'm only just now getting into, I don't even want to call it collecting yet, but I'm just getting into when I see a really cool pin, especially from like a small creator or whatever, I'll, I'll go for it. Uh, but one of the things I really love is, uh, Amy, uh, the nerd fashionista, Amy, big fat lanyard. Amy has about 13 accounts, but yeah. <laughs> uh, a- Amy's live sales that she does on Instagram on big fat lanyards. I don't care if you're into pins or not. That thing is like a well-oiled machine where she has her little like tic-tac-toe board and she's moving things and she's calling it. It, it is it is captivating beyond belief. Again, I don't care if you're trying to buy a pin or you don't give a damn about pins. Go check out Big Fat Lanyard just to see next time she's doing one of these live sales because like like a cat watching a mouse or something, I could watch those sales for hours. I was up till 4.30 a.m. on her last sale last weekend, the Britney, the Britney live sale. Yes, I was there the whole day. I spent $105 <laughs> on Disney pins, which I don't even collect Disney pins, but I bought some. I got one from Amy about a month, month and a half ago now. It's in one of my posts um, from, I want to say early, mid-April, from mid-April probably. Um, I got a Simba in a, like a Hogwarts scarf. Cute. Um, it is super, it's just really cool. It's, it's, it's innovative. It's cool. Like it's, it's something different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that. So yeah, Amy, you know, I love you in so many, so many ways. So shouts to you. Yes, thanks, Amy, for taking my money on the regular. <laughs> so You're many times. She's <laughs> just your dealer. We're good. Exactly, you know. It's fine. <laughs> like, I'd love to get into designing pins, but <laughs> I cannot draw or art. So I'll just picture them in my head, and I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking about spending money. It gives me the itch to go spend money. So let's transition a little bit here. <laughs> Um, cause I have no impulse control. Let's, let's talk. <laughs> What's that? 
<laughs> yeah, what what is that? Let's talk favorites and least favorites. So we'll start with the books. Favorite book, least favorite book, please. Favorite book, Order of the Phoenix. Least favorite book, oh, Goblet of Fire. How come? I just, it's always the one I want to skip. Like right now I'm on a reread. I'm on book three. And I just, I know I'm going to have to get through book four to get to my favorite book. So I just kind of want to skip it all together. <laughs> so, but okay. So do you want to skip it because you want to get to your favorite book? Or do you actually want to skip it because you have any whatever, like any, you know, reason with the actual content of the book? Not so much. I think it's just primarily because it's in my way to my favorite one. And okay. And I feel like I know the contents of that book pretty well. Like it's the primary one that I can remember most of the facts from. And so I'm just like, eh, what's the point of rereading something I already know? <laughs> Even Fair though enough. I do it for all the other books. Fair enough. Um, movies. Favorite, least favorite. Favorite movie is Deathly Hollows Part 2. Least favorite. <laughs> Sorry, Goblet of Fire. You just have a thing against Goblet of Fire. Look, let oh, me the, say that Goblet of Fire movie is not a good movie. Oh, the I hair. Don't like it for many reasons. Oh, well, yeah, the hair, sure. Um, there's a whole lot going on. But yeah. Rupert I, one Twig. Of, <laughs> one of the reasons that I, I mean, there's a lot of actual, quote unquote, actual reasons I could speak to why I don't love Goblet, and I have Goblet the movie, let me be clear, and I have on this podcast many times. One of the biggest reasons, though, is it always to me feels like it was the movie that was always on ABC family. Whenever I tuned in mm-hmm. and I just got so sick of it. Like just, it's like, I've seen this so many times I could do the whole trombone. I could do that in my sleep. Cause I heard it so many times. Right. My boy. I, I just, I'm over it. It's yeah. Okay. So look, we're different, different reasons, but we're in agreement here. Yeah. Sorry. Goblet. They're just, mm-mm. Not working for us. Well, Goblet Book, you work for me very well. You hit my you hit my literary erogenous zone so so perfectly, Goblet. I'll get back to you once I reread the fourth one again. Maybe maybe this time it'll be different, but it's just in my way from Sassy Potter and Book Five. <sighs> Favorite class. Favorite class, charms. I stole this question. Here's here's what's going to be. Go ahead, Danny. Sorry. I thought I was lagging again. You're okay. I stole this question from our good friend, Carrie, the Hogwarts professor. She posted this week, but I really like it is if we were to find you somewhere at Hogwarts or on the Hogwarts grounds, where would that be? Probably curled up in the Ravenclaw common room. Because I am antisocial. <laughs> but still enough people in there that I can be social if I wanted to. So. I relate. Mm-hmm. So this question, this next question is inspired from a really good friend of mine who I recorded an episode with. Again, not sure if it'll be released by the time this is out or not, but uh, the episode with my good friend Emily. Uh, I'm on solo for all the listeners. Uh, she had some really strong feelings about young Sirius and what she would like to, to do to slash with him. And so my question is in a world where you're back at that age, where you're in the 
you know, under 18, you know, like 15, 16, 17, that, that age range. Right. So mm-hmm. it's all consensual and it's not pedophilia and all that stuff. Right. Uh, who, who would be your like go-to crush hookup, whatever at Hogwarts? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, to go kind of off of her young serious, I would like to go for young Lupin. Lupin has got it. He's kind of got that, like, tortured soul type, you know. Especially if I'm back in that age range. Whew. I liked a good tortured soul when I was in high school. Probably why I dated my first boyfriend. Didn't go well. Um, <laughs> Shouts to you, shitty first boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> Whew. Danny, um, we can, Danny, we can tag him in the comments, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what his Instagram handle is, but I'm friends with him on Facebook still. We can find Danny's him. a sleuth. She'll figure it out. <laughs> He's, he wants to be famous, so he'll love it. Give him a good shout out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, young Remus Lupin. See, in the books, I always pictured Lupin as good looking anyhow. Movies did him dirty. I'm sorry, David Thewlis. I love you, but... Mm-mm. Steven is thinking. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to I'm trying to contemplate what I, I thought Lupin looked like and then how I feel about David Thewlis. Huh. I mean look, I think there's probably a natural inclination to assume that Lupin in the books was pretty attractive, if for no other reason than J.K. Rowling drawing the really strong contrast between the three and Pettigrew. Yeah. Right. Like, 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 yeah, like Pettigrew's distancing, if we want to even call it that from the group, you know, I think would be a lot more weakened if he had more similarities with the rest of them in any way, be it superficial and vain or otherwise. Yeah. He stood apart from the three for a reason, not just because he's slimy. Um, but, yeah, I just always picture him, especially because Lupin was supposed to be roughly around, like, 30s, I think. Was he supposed to be in, like, by the time he was teaching at Hogwarts? So I just pictured him as younger and, I don't know, better looking. Well, yeah, I mean, look, that's true for all of the interpretations we get of the Marauders. I mean, obviously, Gary Oldman is a phenomenal series, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. That said, you know, he certainly is older than, granted, you could say he's been in Azkaban. Right, you could argue that whole thing, but, you know. <laughs> he did his waiting. Uh, the po- yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, maybe, so maybe that's why he aged. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the Potters are, look, they died at 21, right? 22, somewhere right in there. Yeah. They are looking rough. Here you must have one hell of a baby. Oh my goodness. Like, like James Potter looks like he's casually like 45. Yeah. Yeah. Rough, rough look. Yeah. He didn't sleep at all that first year of Harry's life. I could guarantee you that. <laughs> Not a single yeah, drop of that, moisturizer, nothing. <laughs> like that cute kind of tussled boy hair that he's supposed to have going on, same as Harry. Nah, he he was rocking the dad haircut and the dad hairline and everything. <laughs> he even had the dad sweater. <laughs> he was ready to dad real hard. Yeah, that was that was rough. Um, okay, here's another good question. So, with the exception of being tortured by Umbridge, because I asked this question the other day and did not include that exception in there, um, 
of all of the various detentions and punishments that we see throughout the series, uh, which would you like to do least? Ooh. Uh, the, one, the very first detention Harry had to serve when they had to go into the Forbidden Forest looking for the injured unicorn. I feel like, no. Just that's a hard pass. There, I know there's spiders in there. I'm not going in. That seems to be the consensus. Is <laughs> there's spiders involved. I'm not going in. Yeah. I'm like, you don't have to tell me twice. It's forbidden. I will avoid it. You're good. <laughs> that said, that, look, I agree. I am mortally terrified of, of, of spiders, but their first year, they didn't know there were spiders in there. Certainly uh, the dark forest, blah, blah, blah. There's things in there, whatever. But there's that kind of nice innocence that they have they, uh, at, at born out of their ignorance to where, like, that first time, like, it's an adventure. You're getting to, like, oh, my God, we're getting to break the rules by going out here, and it's kind of an authorized way. Every time after Chamber of Secrets, <laughs> I won't yeah. even go near the edge of that forest for the rest no, of the life. Yeah, but at 11 or 12, I'm not going to go venture into the forest at night. Like, Neville and Draco knew it was up. They're like, werewolves. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Harry could at least play stupid because he didn't even know he was yeah, a the wizard. Rumors. So, yeah, but no, I'm good. <laughs> I'd rather do detention with Filch at that point. Mm-mm. Yeah, but then you got to see those manacles that he hangs up uh, Madame Pince with, and like nobody, Ooh. yeah, nobody needs to see that. <laughs> you can just sign Lockhart's letters all night. Yeah, I'll do it with Lockhart. It'll be fine. Oh no! See, I don't. <laughs> that that one's up there for pretty intolerable for me because I have a breaking point, and it's not that high of a breaking point. Let me say, and his babbling idiocy and all that—I would just be like, "Yo, professor, shut up!" And you know, like, I look scrubbing bedpans, whatever, uh, polishing trophies, okay. In, um, what else does he do throughout the year? I mean, in the torture, again, torture's pretty rough. Hard to hard to get around that one. Um, yeah, I, you know, I just can't imagine having to sit there next to an idiot who you full well know that you're, if not more intelligent than, at least more worldly and and have more common sense than, and either not be able to speak up because you're twelve and he's a professor. Or shout at him, and he'd be like, "Oh, Harry, my boy, it's fine. You're, we're all just, you know, that would that would kill me." I'd probably just turn it into a game. I'd just be like, just let him think what he wants to think. Plus, I like writing, so I'm just embarrassed. He's part of my house. We kind of got the low end on the professors of Ravenclaw. I mean, we yeah, at least. We got Flitwick. We got Flitwick, which is great, but we also got Lockhart and Trelawney. Yeah. <laughs> That's our future. We're going to go crazy at some point. Oh, gosh. Uh. <laughs> but, mm. <laughs> That's a struggle. Just looking behind my computer, I've got all my, like, lavender bits and pieces from my photo shoot yesterday just all over my room. It's like a <laughs> pile of hair I've got. Here, Chudley Cannons, <laughs> Bennett within reach, just you know. So it looks like she just like exploded. I can't say much. I have, like stuff everywhere. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm looking at a, a large white bird outside of my room. 
Is it delivering you a letter? Is it delivering a baby? <laughs> Two options, letter or baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what white birds deliver. Right. Only two options. <laughs> feel like it might be a baby. Might be a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're Wait, no, I've lagged. I missed all of that. <laughs> we asked if your your white bird you're staring at is delivering a letter, or the other option is. Oh a baby. God, no, 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 no! It's no stork. It's a it's a heron or or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I watch this thing hunt over the pond in our backyard for fish every day. I mean, I don't think it's the same one. I'm sure there's multiple, but I'm going to, you know, just generalize and say it's one bird. Um, Have you named it? No, my mom does name the alligators, though. I don't know if she knows the difference between them because they all look the same. Um, But there's Al, Al the alligator. And I think that's all she has so far, but yeah. They're just all named Al. Al the first, Al the second. Yeah, I'm fine with that. It must be like a parent thing. My mom names the rabbit in her front yard. It's named Harry or Harriet because she's not sure if it's a boy or a girl. (laughs) We did have a bird with one leg that we named Peggy in our backyard. (laughs) So, you know. But then we haven't seen her in a while, so. Mm. Hopefully she's doing well and she's just with Captain America now. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. Steven, do you have any more random questions? One word answer only. Is Snape a hero or a villain? Mm. Oh, God. (laughs) Gonna go villain. Okay. Points to any user, any user out there, good Lord, to any of our listeners, points to any of our listeners out there who can go and find the exact post in Amanda's feed way back there where she talks about this exact question. Oh boy. I don't even remember that post, so. I came through with the research for this episode. I am on my A game. I have a feeling one of these days I'm going to get a letter where his research becomes stalking. Yeah. Look. (laughs) It's not stalking if you, it's not stalking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. I mean, for the longest time, I wanted to put my resume, good Harry Potter actor stalker, but I didn't think it was a hireable quality. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on what job you're looking for. Very true. Hey, you never know. I don't think it would have gotten me hired at Universal, because that's primarily where I found them. (laughs) No, 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 I don't think you're going to get hired there with that on your resume. No. Well, I mean, Matt Lewis's wife worked there, so. You know, True. She Wait, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. She used to work there. She doesn't anymore. <laughs> That's how they met. Yeah. I have moments, and Danny knows this, I came pretty close to applying a year ago, maybe? Maybe a little more than a year ago, when I was back in Tampa, so. I guess it's a year and a half ago now, at least. I have moments where I just want to say, like, fuck it all. And just, like, close up shop here and go work at the studio tour. And just, like, live in a little flat in Watford Junction. And just live and breathe studio tour all day long. I'll move in with you. Just volunteering now. Deal. 
we had those people in the wand room shook last time I was there. We were like, where is such and such? They're like, who is that? I'm like, he played Death Eater number three. Where's his wand? Yeah. We put them to shame. It's great fun. All right, Danny, those are all of the questions I have, unless we want to get into more existential questions. I think we're okay. We don't need All right, cool. I was reading one of my old undergrad papers text. I found it when I was cleaning out my computer for some reason. And so I've got a lot of questions about Western legal traditions and, and philosophy, but I don't really think those apply too well here. I think we're okay. Those aren't offered at Hogwarts. Yeah. All right, uh, we, fair enough. We've already talked thirst tweets, so you can't really get better than that. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> Valid. So, um, Amanda, we like doing creator shout outs. And so if you have anyone you would like to shout out in the Potterverse or in general, feel free. I know I have one prepared. I even, Steven's probably looking right now. <laughs> Untrue. So let me, let me say for the record, for, all, for a little bit of a peek behind the magical curtain here. Uh, for all the listeners, I have recorded now three podcast episodes today. Um, and I woke up this morning and I spent my first 30 minutes just lying in bed finding my creators to shout out. I knew I had to shout out three different ones. So I am prepared to the, to a T. <laughs> so, so don't you dare you. try to besmirch my good name. I'm just <laughs> referencing that at one point you definitely texted me and said, Ask the next question. I'm looking for my creator shout out. <laughs> well, okay, look, that might possibly be true. What I will say, generally speaking, about creator shout outs is I kind of, there's like a, there's, it's somewhat fun to be able just to find them in this, you know, the heat of the moment because like, you don't have to think about it too hard. Like I'll, I'll go tape in like the hashtag Harry Potter art or like Potter pins or, you know, whatever, right? Or I'll like scroll through my feed till I find something cool, like a cool photo. And like, I don't, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Okay, there's my one. And then all of a sudden it's my turn. And like, you know, I haven't spent time obsessing over it. Um, so that's why I do that. Okay. You like to kick us off, Stephen? Absolutely, I can. So my shout out for today, let me get her account name properly. Oh, where did you go, my friend? Ah, there you are. It's, oh boy, I'm going to mispronounce this username. Anishkanaya Art? Danny will tag your name properly in the episode comments. I am so sorry if I am mispronouncing, uh, if that I am mispronouncing that. Uh, Anishka is her name. She is based in Mumbai, and she is... It looks fairly recently, like in the past couple weeks here, uh, starting to paint some scenes from, from Harry Potter. Really beautiful. Uh, really, really, really beautiful. So the ones I'm looking at so far here, uh, she has the Hogwarts Express on the platform, um, the castle um, kind of set in Chamber of Secrets with the car crashing into the Whomping Willow and the castle in the background at night. Just really gorgeous. And it, just... it. It's very realistic, yet also like very like like I don't want to use the word simple because that has a connotation, but like it's just like a very real painting. Like it's not any sort of deviation from like what was written, right? And I just love that. I think it's really cool. So uh, Anushka, which is Anushkanaya Kart, 
which God, I am so sorry for mispronouncing that, but your work is beautiful and I absolutely adore it. So shouts to you all the way out there in Mumbai. Can you spell that? <laughs> uh, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-N-A-Y-A-K art. Thank you. I couldn't find it. <laughs> I think her I think her work is gorgeous. So so that's my creator shout out for today. And Amanda, do you have any you would like to shout out? Uh, sure. I just went through my list on my phone and I've got like 20, but I'll narrow it down. <laughs> uh, but one of my friends on the Nerdy Paper Co. So I don't know if anyone's journaling. I know right now journaling for any kind of planning isn't really going so well. But, you know, there's next year. You may want to get going on next year's planner because this year's is probably already in the dumpster. Uh, but she makes amazing stickers and she does like little, she doesn't do enamel pins, but she does little like pin badges. And I met her for the first time at LeakyCon Boston and she is literally one of the nicest people with some of the cutest artwork. And she has a Weasley series now. So you can get like sticker sets of like the Weasley twins. She does like Fantastic Beasts. Just really cute Neville stuff. But yeah. Oh, I love Neville. And I just, she does sales a lot too, so just saying. Okay, I recognize her stuff from Leaky. Yeah, go support your convention artists because they're hurting a bit right now. They're hurting a bit, and we don't know what's happening with LeakyCon at this point either. Yeah. No, they're still waiting. Basically, just so Orange County Convention Center is like, <laughs> not today. That's where our testing site is in Orlando. Oh. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the best fellow convention space you want to share with is the, <laughs> the Orlando, <laughs> I love you, Orlando. I did see, see Book of Mormon here in Orlando. I saw Hamilton in Orlando. And Disney Ooh. and COVID testing. <laughs> All right, I'm 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 done. <laughs> no, I love Book of Mormon. It was great. It's so good because they were so excited to say that they were in Florida. <laughs> Danny, who uh, who you got for this I ep- have, of the pod? I have of stories and spells. Ooh, which is just an awesome name. <laughs> I just one of those names I just love, and her stuff is. She's very thematic, which I appreciate. And I just like, I like seeing things that are very aesthetically pleasing. Um, Oh, wow. This reminds me that kind of, it's a slightly different shade of tones here. But generally speaking, I feel like there's a very same vibe here to Florence May Vintage, who I know I shouted out a couple weeks ago on a pod. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very, it's the same kind of aesthetic. Uh, It's very autumnal right now which i appreciate that is a a wonderful word to explain this i agree well shouts to you jed from of stories and spells who is a selena file and i don't know what that means i jokingly want to say that means she's obsessed with selena gomez i don't know if there's an actual definition for selena file oh she's also an infjt that's what i am she is a person who loves the moon Oh, okay. Well, wouldn't that be a Luna file? Okay, I don't look. I, I, I know that's the definition, but I'm going to go with Maybe Selena Gomez obsessed. Cat. Maybe she's a moon cat. <laughs> Bringing it back to the moon caps. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Um, but hey, seeing as she has it in her profile, shouts to all you INFJTs out there. We got to stick together. You're not INFJT? There's a good question. Yeah, there's a good there's a good takeaway for this episode for all the listeners out there. Let us know what your Myers-Briggs type is. Uh, hit us up with an email at creatingmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Slide into the DMs of Creating Magic Podcast. If you're a single witch or a witch looking to make a change in your life, slide into the Muggle and Khakis DMs. Uh, let us know what your personality type is. I'm, you know, no reason. I'm just generally curious. Amanda, do you know yours? I feel like I took the test before and I do not remember what the result was. <laughs> so I may be retaking the test and sliding into the DMs later with it because I don't remember. <laughs> This is one thing I did not know about Stephen because I am an INFJ, but my NS are 50-50 anytime I take it. Are you an A or a T? You have to be an A, right? I don't know. Hmm. I'm going to have to look further into what that means. Okay. I remember I took the type test where it's like type 1 through 9 or something like that. Yeah, and it didn't describe me in the slightest. It was like, you're outgoing. I'm like, huh, uh, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> then if yeah. you really want to have fun, you can also do a disc assessment, a strengths finder. Look, I work in corporate America. I have taken so many different forms of personality and or leadership assessments, quizzes, surveys, whatever you want to call them. Yep. Boy, oh boy. Look, the way I feel about them, and this is not necessarily how I want to rap, but we're in it. So this is how we're going to rap. Like anything else in life, kind of like horoscopes even, if you want to believe them, I believe there's a lot of validity to be had. There are tons of lessons that you can take away. If you want to believe that they're a crock of shit, okay. Like, you know, it's like it's like the prophecy. You don't have to set store. There, what a perfect way to end. You don't have to set store by the prophecy. The prophecy shouldn't define you. You should define the prophecy. So all the listeners out there, I hope over the course of the next week, you're out there defining your own prophecy. The end. And right before we end, let's get your socials again. My socials, uh, you'll find me at magic under the stairs on Instagram. And you'll find me at mandrakes and mischief. Blah. Stephen, where can we find you? You can find me in rural South Carolina at Seabrook Island for the next couple months. But I'm assuming Danny's question was more about where on social media can you find me. In which case, you can find me at Muggle and Khakis. Please find me at Muggle and Khakis. If you choose. If not, whatever. Go on with your life. It's not a big deal. It's Instagram. (laughs) All right. Thank you for joining us, Amanda. Thank you for having me. That was fun. (laughs) That was. Steven used to say cut all the time, and now I get confused on when to cut the recording because he doesn't It just never ends. Cut. (laughs) Cut.